Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz. I am joined by my dude Tony, aka Tony on Tap, and we are here to recap a weekend of White Sox dubs. They might have not won last night, but they won the goddamn series. Before we do that, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and on Tap Sportsnet. Follow my dude Tone Bone at Tony on Tap. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. If you need any White Sox gear, you go check out Grandstand. GrandstandSocks.com on socials at Grandstand Socks, or if you're at the ballpark, walk over to Grandstand. Get yourself some awesome Chicago sports or White Sox gear that you need. Tony, I just did that under the influence, and I feel like I didn't miss a beat. And neither did the Sox because they won seven to two today. It was amazing. How are you, man? I missed you today. I'm fantastic, and I'm feeling great after you did that intro right there. You're right. You did it a little bit under the influence, and. Uh... You didn't miss a beat. It's great being back on the mic, man. It's great being back to talk about some winning White Sox baseball, and I'm excited to do that with you. First off, I mean, before we before we get into it, man, you've yeah. you've had a few. I've had a few. This is this is going to be a good Sunday fun day show. We're going to get into some things. Our guy NWI Steve is back on Twitter. I have to say it. He's back. Um, Buzz, how you feel about NWI Steve being back on Twitter.com? I absolutely love NWI Steve being back on Twitter. Um, that is my big brother. We both love the NWO. We both love the White Sox. He's my man, no doubt about it. I will say one thing, though. While I know if someone's listening to this and not watching the live stream, and Tony, you can find the live stream at the On Tap Sports, I'm sorry, Socks On Tap Twitter account or YouTube or Facebook. You were right about my nose being super red. And someone just put in the comment section, cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's not what happened. Um, I was at the Bears game today, and I got very, very burnt. But yes, I'm very, you did. I'm very excited that Steve is back on Twitter. I'm very excited to talk about a White Sox winner. And one thing I do want to point out is I think it is a goddamn travesty, Tony, when football plays at the same time as baseball. It kills me. It upsets me. I wish I got to watch that game in its entirety today. I did not get to watch it, but I did get to listen. I brought my little headphones into the stadium. I look like a dork, but I don't care. I don't care. You know why? Because the Sox won, dude. They won. That's that's great. I love your dedication because, you know, you always look at those those guys at a baseball game listening to the radio, whatever. I, mean, I, I can't say that it hasn't intrigued me to kind of get some – some you know game day experience with the with the headphones in Pat Bodeway in the comments just following <laughs> up on uh, on on Buzz's nose situation that he's got going on. Um, you know it, it it's it's just it's absolute dedication from you there, Buzz. 
uh, to be rocking both games at the same time. Uh, I'd imagine that there's not really a good sell service uh, at the Bears games, but I would say, you know, if I had to sit through uh, that event, I'd be trying to get the actual game feed on my phone at the same time too. So it's probably impossible. Well, you know what makes no sense, brother, is like you can't get service even in Southlot at Soldier Field. I can't even like I was trying to go live just to show people where we were at. We had some people that listened to Socks on Tap actually came over to our tailgate today. Nice, just, just, just come chop it up and say what's up. You know, I ain't better than nobody. They come over. We had some food. We had some beers. Came over, had a nice time. Talked some people that listened to our show. Super awesome. But you cannot get cell service there, even outside. It, That's like, it, you know, it's it. I know there's a lot more people that show up there. Uh, than to a White Sox game, but I've had zero problems with cell service so far this year at White Sox games. Even the packed ones, man. Like I've had no problems with that. Well, but, the yeah, I, got it right. Yeah, they've they've got it. They've got it good there. Uh, but you know, I, I want to bring up the the NFL and baseball. Yeah. On the same time slot on Sunday because this is a problem for the rest of the year. You've oh, got new. You've got noon games. baseball games. Yep. One o'clock baseball games. Yep. Because on Sunday the MLB plays everybody at the same time and then does Sunday night baseball and yeah. it conflicts with the NFL and it's driven me nuts for years. Yeah. Start baseball at four or five o'clock or six o'clock, give it an earlier afternoon start to just fend off some of that stuff. And it'll give people the opportunity to basically have sports throughout the day. I know you're going to fight on the Sunday night football game. That's yeah. just going to happen, yeah. but at least don't expose yourself for all of your products to be in comp- direct competition with a whole entire other league. Your product basically thing. drowns. Yes. Know, and, and that's the problem. We were, I was actually talking to some guys uh, at Soldier Field today about that. Is like, you know, I I wanted to be watching the Sox. And, you know, like, dude, like, listen, I have Bear season tickets. It's great. Like, cool. We've had them forever. It's, you know, it's cool. I'd rather watch the Sox game, no doubt. Uh, tailgating, you know, I'm a big fan of that. Regardless, if I can tailgate at the cell, or, or I'm sorry, the rate, or I can tailgate at Soldier Field, I'm going to do it all the time. No doubt about it. But these games being at the same time is just so infuriating, especially when one of these teams is competitive. I was just going to add that, too. Yeah. And we haven't had this problem as White Sox fans for a long time. And I think, you know, like I'm not trying to get your way too off here uh, with a lot of Bears talk because you can go follow Bears on tap if you want a full breakdown of the Bears game. Right. But. From a from a sense, I think the Bears are an interesting team right now for a lot of people, and football's new. Yeah, suck, but you yeah. also have a White Sox team that is on the verge of clinching their division this right. week, yeah. and you know are basically must watch as 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 they have been throughout the entire year. And I was just, it was just interesting to see how many people were tuned in to the Bears game versus yeah. the football game normally on, on on social media and all that other yeah. stuff. And it's it it just I think it takes away from the experience for either event that you're watching at this point. I guess I wish there was some sort of balance. And you and I have talked about, about this immensely, even when it comes to hockey and basketball and in the end of baseball, you know, when you start getting the playoffs in October, but then you have the Hawks or the Bulls starting, you know, it, it just sucks the overlap. And I really wish the leagues would maybe work together where like, okay, the Bulls are going to, or I'm sorry, the bears are going to go at noon. Right. So maybe let's, Get a three fifteen start for the Sox. I understand they're in Texas. I know they're not going to work out. They're both separate entities. Selfishly, as a fan, I wish we didn't have to deal with this. 
because you don't get to take in the entirety of the game unless you're a nerd like me and you wear a fucking headphone and you listen to the radio. And, and that's basically how you get your fix. Um, you know, it was the first game for the Bears um, since COVID. This was, I mean, obviously at the preseason shit, that doesn't count. So anybody that goes to that is like, oh, I'm a real fan. Okay, there you go. No. It's the first fucking, you know, this is the home opener. First one since right. COVID. And it's the opening day for the Bears, basically, yeah, it's the same way you, you treat it for the White Sox yes. when they come home. And then, exactly. Exactly. Th- this is a big deal. So, like, that's why we were all there, and that's why we did what we did. I just hate the fact that, you know, even though I, you know, utmost confidence in the Sox to win the series or whatever, I want to watch that series, and it just really blows that I can't uh, in its entirety. Because the again the, the reception blows there, dude. I couldn't even text you if I wanted to text no, and, you and or call you. I couldn't. I couldn't get through to you. Yeah, okay. I mean it's and then it's financial obligations for people who pay tickets uh, to go watch these games or be there right. in person. Yeah, uh, you know I think that whole fascination or that whole like topic is just a fascination of mine because uh, just the way fans. Uh, you know, react to how a team's doing at a right. certain point yeah. uh, in yeah. their season and what yeah. becomes the priority. You saw even on the broadcast the other night, Jason Benetti, or was it Len Casper? And, it was and Len. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I think right. it was Len. Uh, you know, first screen, second screen viewing. That was last week when when football was back. What, what are you watching uh, along with the White Sox game right now? But let's get into today, Buzz. Let's, let's get into today's game because uh, we've got so much more to talk about here. Uh, Sox win seven to two over the yep. Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Our guy NWI Steve was down there for the entirety of the series. He got to uh, come home happy uh, with uh, with the Sox taking two or three. But overall today, man, it's a Giolito start and a day game. He talked a little bit about it on the post game show how he feels that he hasn't fared well in, in day games. But today winds up going uh, five and a third, gives up six hits, only one run. One walk, four strikeouts. I'd like to see a few more strikeouts. And one thing with Giolito before I turn it over to you yeah. is that he's getting into so many situations where his pitch count is elevated by the fourth inning, and it's really, really annoying to watch. No, it really is. And and he threw a lot of pitches. Again, listening on the radio, um, you know, I wish I could have got the full effect of the game. Not saying that, you know, it's not great listening on the radio with DJ and, and Connor or whatever. But um, it was really hard to get, you know, most out of that game. But to your point, I wish I would have known actually about this is that I didn't know Giolito talked about, um, you know, his, his his day games this year. Because, I mean, Tony, you know, he he has started this year. He started, what was, I want to say 12. I want to say this right. Or 11 games during the day. And he has not fared well, as we all know. I think he has a 255 batting average against him with about a 477 slugging percentage. I had some notes. I, I took these notes yesterday because, you know, that's what I do. Um, I like to take notes because I'm a fucking nerd. But he's went 59 and a third. Uh, this year, he's let up 60 hits in 11 games. Um, earned runs in the day is 33 in that 59 and third. So it's not too bad. You know, it, it, it's not too bad, but he struggled. Today he came out against a team that really can't hang in, in Texas, which is good. Um, I would, would like to see the strikeout numbers up there, but he did the job to get the job done, and we got a victory out of it, you know, and he held, in, in, at least in his, um, you, you know, in his ten, tenure during the game, he only let up one earned run, which is fucking cool and tough. I don't yeah. care, who, I don't care I, who you're playing. It's cool and tough. 
I've got the quote here, um, and this was uh, via James Fegan, uh, and this is in the post game. Feel like day games for me this year have not been the best, and for our team as a whole, sometimes we come out a little flat on day games. Uh, but everybody was in it today. Um, yeah, that's that's actually really cool to hear him say, Tone. I'm really happy yeah. you brought that 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 um, that quote up, and the reason I am is because if you notice a problem. Um, and you know that it's something that is not been great and you recognize that and you're able to work on it. That makes you an elite talent, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I don't care what people say. Like, yeah, we've shit on Giolito a couple times this year when he hasn't been good. I'm sorry, I just took off my socks. Um, but, you know. Live he, action. Uh, live action, dude. I'm not even fucking around That's with what you. what you're I, here for. I, I am. I, I am here for the <laughs>, laughs. Um, But the fact that he is able to recognize an issue that he's had and not you know, brush it to the wayside, I think is really fucking awesome, actually, as a starting pitcher, as a guy who looks at himself as a leader of this team. And again, yeah, Texas probably isn't the best team, but look what he did today. He had a really good outing against him, and he was praised a lot during that outing as well. Even though the strikeout numbers aren't where we're used to seeing them, he did what he had to do. And I, I, I appreciate that out of a guy that a lot consider our ace. Yeah, and, you know, it looked excellent today uh, as far as, you know, the work he was able to get done through 97 pitches, 64 of them were strikes. And, you know, I, I talk about the high pitch count early. It's purely the reason I get on that is that I want to see him be able to go 7-8 straight to Craig Kimbrell or straight to Liam Hendricks yeah. along with Lance Lynn. Yeah. So that's where I'm, I'm a little picky, I think, with that as we're tuning up. And maybe there's some sort of – uh, you know, case to be made for resting him. They're not, you know, extending him out to 110 there just to get him an extra inning. Um, but I'd like to see him at like 40 pitches through. I, I feel like through three, four, you, and, and instead of 50, 60. I feel like it's something that you kind of been harping on lately in general. And I'm not like not. It's a, it's, har- it's actually a whole staff on. problem. Yeah, yeah, and, it's and, a whole and, staff and, problem. I, I wasn't saying you're. I'm saying you're harping on is like the the the. You brought this up, but like uh, man, it was it was with two, Lance Lynn. Ago. Yeah, it was with yeah. Lynn. And, and you were saying, you're, damn, dude, like, I want to stop seeing these pitch counts getting so damn high. Like, and you brought that up. And it's, again, it, it relates into what we're talking about now. We want these guys to go later into games. Obviously, the season's coming to an end. We're in the middle of September now, which just, I mean, I'll tell you what, it snuck up on us, didn't it? Yeah, it just, absolutely. It just, it just came out of nowhere. But we would like to see these guys carry over the first half of the season, if you will, going into the postseason, I, I I don't like to see a hundred pitches through five and a third. I don't like to see that. It, it scares me. I could be ignorant for that. I could be wrong for it, but I don't like to see it. Um, hopefully they get it, you know, uh, nipped in the ass and they can take care of it. But um, I, I basically agree with you said is anybody that listens to this podcast knows that you harped on this about, two, I think I, just, ago. I, I still have, like PTSD over that first game or that game that the White Sox lost in Oakland to end their season. And, you know, like when when we're running through bullpen arms, multiple games in a series, I just feel like it exposes more of the bullpen. It puts a lot more work and and tax on some of those backhand arms that that I would – yeah, that I would rather, you know, just cruise through and we don't have to see Mike Wright 
twice in you know three or four days. Oh shit, dude! We got to bring it up. We do. We have to talk about we it. We got to talk about it. So, what did you think about that shit? So, you know, going back a little bit, I know. Oh, we're, we're, uh, we're, I'm sorry. We're, Can you yeah. explain to people what we're fucking talking about, real quick? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put some proper uh, context around this situation. Uh, and this is uh, a Thursday's ball game buzz in the uh, <laughs> in the ninth inning. Mike yeah. Wright's on the mound and. Uh, he he hits the guy that you cannot hit. Shohei Otani. He hits Shohei Otani, um, and you know immediately gets ejected from this ball game. No warnings prior to this, and, and there was a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say history, but I wouldn't say that there was a lot of animosity brewing in the series. Buzz, it wasn't too intense, at least from my feel. Uh, but Luis Robert did uh, did take one, and, uh, and so, so did Brayu. So did Brayu. And, you know, if Tony LaRusso was delivering a message here, it looked kind of weird and odd because I'm pretty sure the first pitch of that at bat was a strike, whether whether or not it wasn't. Uh, the next two pitches or the first two, I'm, I'm still unclear on, on the, the exact sequence, but they were nowhere near the zone. Well, two I, pitches in a row. And then it hits him in the leg. And the calf. Yes. And I'm, I'm just thinking, like, all right, like, you're not aiming there. You're not aiming there at all. Who's aiming to hit you in the calf? Seriously. I don't know. That's like it, maybe the ass. Yeah, the I, would say, I would say ass cheek, like, maybe upper yeah, thigh. Yeah, you know? somewhere around there, not yeah. like at the ground. Right. Unless he's just got that bad of lack of command. Well, it's plausible. But <laughs> I mean, it's plausible, but yeah. <laughs> at the same point in time, like you're losing 93. You can make a case either way. As to yeah, I'm gonna plunk him in this situation, or maybe he throws two balls and he gets the signal, you know, drill this guy because you're already gonna lose this at bat. I don't know, I don't know, you know. But either way, Tony Larusa comes out to defend his guy as he should, um, and I think we've all reached an agreement here that Tony's been uh, fairly good with this team so far. And he comes out, he gets tossed to, he leaves Buzz for the first time to the crowd chanting Tony. I don't think I've heard that at all. None of us have heard in the, in the stadium at all. No. Maybe there might be a game that I missed it, but uh, everybody was railing around Tony. He got pissed off. I'm pretty sure he took the phone uh, out of the, out of the, the bullpen phone out of the dugout and ripped it out and threw it on the ground, uh, which caused a long delay. And then what happened afterwards was just absolutely more comical when Romy Gonzalez comes in to, uh, to throw and Jose Abreu enters the game at third base. That that worked out somehow. But then yesterday, the MLB announces that they're suspending Larusa for a game, and Mike Wright for three. There's the context around it. Now, give me your thoughts. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. You know, like, and, and in my mind, like, listen, dude. I and again, anybody that listens to the show knows that I have eaten my words on TLR, and I did. And and you know this too. We argued about it at first, and we came to an agreement about it. I mean, that's what happens when actually adults have conversations about changing opinions, right? You know, like that's what happens. Hey, we haven't fought at all on this show yet, and maybe it's because Steve isn't here. Are you lying? Or oh, oh, today. today, today we haven't fought oh, on the show today. We I think you're being. Fun. I think you're being nice because I've become Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. No, no, it's not because you're bringing <laughs> Christmas gifts to my house. It's it's because Steve's not here. Right. That, that that's probably I think true. He, he might he might be the reason. Like the only times we really fight is when Steve's here. It's true. It's usually his fault, dude. I'll tell you what. After you brought up my nose, like being red, it is so hot. Like I'm. Sweating. I told you right when you got on camera. Yeah, it's bad, dude. It's real bad. But like, I think it's bullshit, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know. Uh, 
Don't I, I will say Tony has been very reserved this year. There has been some uh instances that taken place where he's ran out, you know, in the Kansas City series. Remember when you know he ran out there and in, in, in defense of iconic Jose, moments, right? In defense of Jose Abreu. Um this time I don't think that Tony called for Otani to be hit. I think this bullshit. I really don't because if again, if I'm a manager, I'm fucking I'm beating him in the shoulder, the ass cheek, or the fucking upper thigh or the rib cage. There's four places. I'm not fucking aiming for his feet or his calf. Does nothing for me. Um I think it's bullshit. I think it's shit that Robert and Abreu can get hit. I mean, and Abreu constantly, constantly. And it's not like he's an Anthony Rizzo from the north side. I know he got traded. Oh, I'm sorry, Cup fans. I know he got traded. But, like, this guy, you know, Abreu doesn't crowd the plate like that, dude. He's not like that. He doesn't lean in. That's not his game. Um, I, I, I feel like it's shit that Tony got suspended for a game. I could see tossed. He was very animated. And and listen, sometimes a toss fucking bring, builds momentum. Um, I, I think it's bullshit that he got a game suspension, but I, I guarantee he doesn't give a fuck. He'll probably just go golfing anyway. He's got a first place team in the AL Central. He's on his way to the fucking postseason with his team in the first year of managing them. Yeah, he got a night. He, he served it yesterday and got uh, right. You know, I mean, and the Sox lose that game that he that he's not and, there. And if he was there, it doesn't really matter anyway. Well, it, I've got a question for you. Go ahead. I texted it to the group last night. Yeah, I was really drunk. I mean, yeah. was was the challenge on the Luis Robert getting hit on the second pitch of the ball game the reason why the White Sox lost last night? Because I didn't see anybody coming from Miguel Cairo's head. Because there was another play later in the game that should have been – or that was a double play that should have been ruled safe. Did you want people to go for Miguel Cairo's head? No, I didn't, but I think that it – You that think it was fair, though? I think it would have been fair to question. Tony, it. I'm, I'm Tony. I'm, I'm asking you because I'm on the boat with you. I am in the tre- I am the treading water. Yeah. With you. No. Are you? Did you think it's fair that? Did you Did you think it was fair that Larusa got suspended? Is that what you're asking me? No, I think it's bullshit. I I thought that you thought that Cairo should take some heat for that. Is what I was. I asking. think he. I think he should. I mean, if you're really critically looking at something, the second pitch of the ball game, a hit batter bat in Luis Roberts' hands, he's going to hit a single anyway. Yeah. So why are you? You know, and even if he does strike out, like okay, it's it's the first batter of the ball game. I, I agree. So I don't know. That's just my thought process towards it. I think that there would have been a better use for it uh, on on such a close play. But hey, I, I want to get back on the Larusa stuff. Go on, Nate, sure. Nathan Sheba. I saw a tweet from uh, Nathan Sheba. I'm not sure if you follow him. Um, I, I think I know Nathan. He has yeah. tickets, I believe. So he 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 brought up a point that I wasn't really thinking about. And he okay. said, so even if TLR did order a hit on Otani, yeah, knowing that he, you know, he was gonna get tossed and, and everything was gonna happen, but it sends a message to the rest of the league that stop fucking coming inside on our guys, or we're gonna drill your MVP. So if that if if it was intentional and that was the fallout from it, I, he said, I'm okay with that. And I kind of agree. I kind of agree at this point that hey, we've you know, Chris Kampka brought it up after the game, and Larusa brought it up yesterday too in his pregame press conference. The Sox have have been like have hit the least amount of batters all year. Yeah, their pitchers don't throw inside; they don't take those chances in there. There's a lot of sliders low and away. Like the, the Sox, I you, thinking back through this year, like we haven't really come in on guys. We, no, we haven't. Been, we have not been that team. No, they, they haven't been that team. So no. if that's what it took, like one time for you know Jose Abreu to knock it beaned or Eloy Jimenez to take one off the hand, if that's what it took to kind of 
tell people maybe stop coming inside on us all the time. Hey, maybe it sends a message. Maybe it helps. I agree. It's an interesting opinion. Yeah, no, I, I'm not mad at Tony for what he did. If he did call for the hit, I'm not mad about it either. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 you know, be like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing. No, dude is his guys have been beamed all fucking year, especially a Brayu. Which I'm again, I, I I pointed on that. I'm tired of it. I think it's bullshit. But he took a lot. He took a lot of hit by pitches in Cuba too. Like he did. Yeah, but he's always kind of just been a big target. I don't know. I do. But it's I, not like, you know what the thing about it? Watches that bats. He doesn't crowd the. Plate he doesn't crowd like the plate. That. But you know what else he doesn't do? What's that? He doesn't get out of the way because he doesn't care. Yeah, he he gets on base because he ain't a bitch. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's why he, he plays through all these injuries and right. does what he does. He's he's the definition of cool and tough when it comes to that. Just, you know, if you're going to throw inside on me, I'm going to keep my arm there. I don't even have a elbow guard on. I'm just going to take one off the tricep and trot on down to first. I wish I could tell you what team this is from, and I don't know. And I'm I'm like 90% sure it's not the north side, like 95% sure. But it's called the Everyday Guys. It's like the – have you heard that before? It's I've like, heard it. Yeah. yeah. Abreu reminds me of an everyday guy. Like a Kel Ripken. Right. Like this dude, like for me – or you, you know, you work a normal job, you know, like your body gets beat the shit out of, at least mine did back at the rail or whatever. You're hurt. You go to work. It is what it is. Abreu was an everyday guy. And that's why I love the shit. And I respect it. I respect him. And when he keeps getting beamed, okay. And it's like a nonstop thing, series through series. Like I'm not saying he gets beamed. Not every pitcher beans Abreu, but I mean, he's up there. I, I'll look up the numbers. He's up there. I don't mind Tony calling for like, okay, motherfucker, you know, you want to keep playing these games. I'm going to exactly. come and get, I'm going to come and get you. You know why? Because it's a big boy game, man. It's a mm-hmm. big boy game. You want, you know, you want to mess around. You're going to get bean too. And I'm not mad about that. And I don't think anybody should be for retaliation. It, this isn't, I'm better than you or you're better than me. And who can have the fucking right. nice talk and talk it over? No, you hit my guy. I'm going to hit you back and I'm going to hit you with a heater. I would send, and I've said this a million times. I'd send out my worst pitcher that I know has heat. And I beat him in a kneecap. If you're gonna keep hitting my guy, <laughs> there's Mike Wright. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you keep hitting my guy, like fuck, dude, I'm not gonna do that to you if we're playing a noble game. But if you're gonna keep like, it's nonsense. It's yep. nonsense, and, and, and that's this- why Tony fucking Larusa Tony. That's why he got cheered because fans have noticed it and they've yep. had enough of it. Yep. Yeah. So like that's that's if you want to take it the other way, I think that that's that's where you go because. Man, this team just—you're not going to roll over for this. No, you're not going to roll over for this. And, and even when even you know the White Sox talk account is yeah. out there, you know, you know, dropping uh, replays of uh, you know Luis Robert getting hit in the head and saying, "We'll just leave this right here." It is true. Larusa has a great argument. Why the hell is his pitcher getting suspended for three games when influential, like big game influential players are getting hit on the White Sox, like at a constant rate. It's, it's insane, man. It is. is. There's no precedent for it. No, there's there's no precedent for it. And I'm not trying to be a homer here. I know I say it in the intro. I'm a homer. So I was they're gonna, but no, for real, dude, like they get fucking beamed all the time. They get the short on the stick in this, in this aspect of things. We hit Otani and we're out. We have Mike Wright out for three games. We have our manager out for one. Like, fuck you, dude. That's the punishment unbe- does not fit the crime. It doesn't, Tony. It really doesn't. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if it if, if, if the punishment met the crime, like you said, like if you know, if you did this and you deserve the time, hey man, 
I'll put my hands up. You know, like, okay. Hey, you deserve that. This is what you did. Mike yep. Wright didn't beat nobody in the fucking forehead, brother. Right. So that that's that's crazy to me. And I think that it has a lot of eyes on it because it's so hey Otani. Like, let's let's be real. And I again, mean, if it was again, once again, you're hundred percent right. It, it's it's the new face of baseball. Yeah, we ain't playing no games. Don't try to fuck with him. You did, you pay the consequences. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah, it's it's the national eyes were on Sohei Otani, and there's a there's video of him getting hit with a baseball, and uh that's why there were repercussions for that. Again, for that action. Yep, I and I, I think Johnny would agree as well. I wish he was on this show. Johnny's up in the Northwoods. Um, yeah, we lost you know, him. Doing his thing. We hope he comes he, back he's safely. Hunting, he's hunting bears. Yes. Pray for Johnny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was the situation uh, that occurred. Huh? Yeah, that occurred over the weekend. Uh, but a few more things from this ball game today, Buzz, that I want to get to yeah. is Yasmani Krantal. And just how locked in this guy is. He looks fantastic. Tony, it's unbelievable what we're watching. We're watching the best catcher. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love AJ Przinski. But this little stretch that Grandal's going through right now is in my lifetime. Okay. The best stretch out of a catcher I've seen. Is that fair? I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, overall, the batting average uh, that was that was absolutely terrible is slowly cleaped creeped its way back up to 235 buzz which was That's, insane because he was like at 180 yeah uh, he's up to uh 235 with a 944 ops i mean that's that's just insanity and you know he he continues to hit the ball out of the yard he continues to get on base at just ridiculous clips he takes his walks he goes the other way when he needs to he's so versatile and it's 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 awesome to see. It's since it's August, very refreshing. Since August first, are you ready? Yep. Since August first, this dude is hitting three seventy one with a four ninety four OBP, with an .806 slugging percentage, with a one point three zero zero OPS, eight home runs, twenty one RBIs. It's basically since he's come back from his injury. This has been, if not the best, one of the best players in baseball since he's returned from his injury, and that's bar none. Yeah, we talk about guys that need to get hot heading into the postseason. Here it is. I, I hope he keeps example that energy, a, man. Yep. Example A is Yasmani Grandal heading into the postseason it's right been now unbelievable. because I'm, I'm locked in with it. He's playing every day. He's he's back. He looks healthy. Yeah. And how good is that for this team? Because I had I had legitimate questions, man. I had absolutely we legitimate questions about how healthy he was going to be heading into the playoffs and what the fuck are we going to do here between Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins, and that does not look to be an issue right now. I think we all had questions. And the fact that he came back healthy after his knee surgery and confident, I think, is a big thing that we need to realize is the confidence mm-hmm. with him uh, is key. If you believe in yourself, you can achieve a lot of great shit. Um, again, this is the best stretch I've seen out of a catcher in the in White Sox baseball in my whole life. I'm 30 years old. Uh, I love AJ, but this tear that he's been on since he's come back from his injury, the raising the OPB, telling people to fucking shut up about his average, whatever. This dude's been unbelievable. And if he carries this into October, Tony, a lot of teams are going to have some issues, man. They absolutely are. They absolutely are. Uh, and, and for as much as I want to touch on Yasmani Grandal's day at the plate today, he uh, left the yard and just, you know, 
absolute line drive fashion. I want to talk about a guy who was not in the lineup today, uh, but uh, has has not looked all that great of late. And that's Eloy Jimenez. Not in the lineup today, Buzz. I'm slightly getting concerned with his bat. Um, slightly concerned that he's worn down a little bit more than we thought he would be at this point uh, coming back from the injury and just doesn't have what looks to be a good plate approach right now. Not in the lineup today. Again, uh, thoughts on that one. He always looked like crap. I, I really don't know how to put it at the plate. Um, he has not looked good. Um, I'm not like super concerned about Eloy because I do believe he is a, you know, an elite level talent um, in September. And we are what? Well, how many days are we in September? 19. So he's, 19. One, he's batting 188 with a 278 OBP, a 229 slugging percentage. Um, he only has one RBI in the month in 13 games. Um, I think that he's in a little slump right now. People forget that he was injured in the beginning of the season. He came back very hot. This is going to happen. He's going to go through a little slump. As long as we as we reach the end of September, getting into October, I think he'll be all right. Um you know, I'm not, I've seen what he could do. I'm not like super concerned yet. If it does get closer into uh, our postseason run, I'll probably pull the trigger and be nervous as shit. But right now I'm all right. Yeah. I'm just looking at this right now up and down because you're going to have Adam Engel coming back. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, let's hope. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, you're going to have Adam Engel coming back. That's going to vie for some time. Uh, yeah. You obviously want Eloy's bat cranking uh, in the middle of that lineup. Uh, but I could see where you've got enough guys right now who are hitting the hell out of the baseball with Johan Moncada, Yasmani Grandal. Hopefully Jose Abreu picks it up just a notch. Uh, but he was the one, I think, out of all of them that I want to see start to go on a tear here because you've seen it kind of consistently uh, from Johan Moncada. It's been quiet, but it's been consistent. You've seen it roaring out of Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, I mean, you get Eloy Jimenez going uh, over these next two weeks here. I think that's like your real key to success as we get into the first round of the playoffs, getting Eloy and then as hot um, and then, you know, sustaining a little bit more uh, out of Jose Abreu as well. I do. I, I completely agree with that. I, again, you have Abreu hot, you have Luis Robert doing what he's doing after his injury and everything like that. You need Eloy to get it clicking. And if Eloy does get it clicking again, going into the postseason seems very fucking dangerous. And that's what you need without Eloy or with him struggling. It doesn't look very promising. Um, not in general as a whole. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not even getting into guys, you know, Tim Anderson, Luis right. Robert. Um, you know, Mankata, you know. Well, Mankata's like I said, he's, he's been, been quietly beat, doing it. Yeah. yeah, he's been he's been consistent. I think, man, I am I'm, I'm I know we keep getting off topic from from today's ball game here, but I mean it is a Sunday it's fun Sunday day. Fun day. What are you talking about? The the other thing, man. The back end of that bullpen, dude. And uh, we've touched on this, I think, every single week on Sunday. I'm trying to think about it. It's it's been okay lately, but there's one other topic that I've got for this show, and that is I think it was Kenwo <laughs> threw a tweet out there that said grade Michael Kopech season one to five, one being bad, five being really good. And I saw our guy Jason today throw out there that he said that he'd rate Kopech a 4.3. So I looked up Michael Kopech. Now, first off, would you agree 4.3 from Michael Kopech? I don't do the points. I think that's stupid. Love Jason Hosking. He's the man. I would definitely uh, 
you give him a big hug and a kiss on his head because I so you so rate his season one to five. You you three. won't do it three. Okay, so before I give my rating, um, I went and I looked up Michael Kopech's stats on Baseball Reference, and then I looked at Jose Ruiz's stats. <laughs> no, Jose Ruiz and Michael Kopech are tied for B WAR. And Jose Ruiz has a better ERA than Michael Kopech at this point in time in the season. And that kind of makes me sad. Does it? It makes me a little sad. Well, do you think that's because Kopech is not used in the right role? Or do I don't you know. I want to talk about it because I'm, I'm having trouble getting through this. And even Jason, like, comes back at me because I, I, I replied to the tweet and I said, okay, so then what would Jose Ruiz's season be? Yeah, so Ruiz is what are the expectations? Is Jose Ruiz a four point three or like a nine for this? Because I thought he'd be shelled off this team already. Yeah. So what's funny is is Ruiz is actually pitched uh, in fifty five games in sixty and a third for Ruiz, and uh, Kopech has gone uh, sixty and thirty nine. So it's like the like, and that's where I went to next. Was I was like, is there some sort of innings discrepancy between the, these it, two? And I'm like, an there's not discrepancy. It's it's not an inning discrepancy. Yeah. So um, it, does that hurt a little bit? Because it hurts a little bit. Tony, I don't like Kopech being in the role that he's been in, and I've said that on the show before. You want him to start? Yeah. I I or be stretched a little bit. Like I, what the fuck, man. I'm getting eight, like even today, I'm getting eight pitches out of you. You know, like I just. So is it a small sample size thing I where it's so. exposing think... him to, you know, one bloop and a, and a bomb and all of a sudden it looks a lot worse than Listen, six this... innings pitched and two runs given up? The second like... half for Kopex has not been uh, what anybody has wanted. Okay. Like that. It's it just, it's not, it's not what they want. Uh, the first half of Michael Kopech. Everybody was all over his ass and wanted him to, you know, they're like, oh my God, this dude is just unfucking believable. He, he should be the closer. He should be the closer or he should be starting right now and yada, yada, yada. The first half, Tony, he appeared in 18 games. Okay. He had a 167 against average. Can you guess what it is for the second half? Uh, I don't want to go 300, but I'm, I'm well, I'll I'm, tell you what, you're fucking close, but yeah, I was going to say like 290, 273, 273. Yeah. But you're still I, right there. You're right there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That, he, that he's kinda, had a bad second half tone that, that does not define him. I know it doesn't define him, but it's a little, it's troublesome for the pedigree. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. It's trouble. Yeah, for sure. When you put it in relation, like, and I don't know whether or not to make sense of this as, Here's Michael Kopech, who has not pitched in two seasons and is going through some of his lumps, but he was so impressive and so lights out early in this season. Or is it like Jose Ruiz worked with Ethan Katz and figured something out? Nah. Because I don't know, because I feel like you'd see him in more high leverage situations. He did for a little while. Now you don't. And it was, it was just very surprising to me because I felt like we would have more quantifiable production from Michael Kopech. And I thought we got that in the first half. It just, we did. It, it just hasn't worked out in the second half. And uh, hopefully he gets it back together. And he, I mean, he's had a couple of good outings here. Um, minimal sample size, but still, you know, hopefully he gets it back together. But I understand what you're the saying. The stuff's with the still there. 
Oh, dude, the stuff. I'm is not. Stupid. I'm not saying that Michael Kopech by any means has had a, had a bad season. No, but it's good to have the concern because we're not. It's not a concern. I'm not concerned about him. I'm not concerned. Well, you're bringing it up, and I mean, like we're trying to diagnose what's going on or whatever. It's therapeutic, right? We know going into the postseason, we feel confident, but we also know this. We're going into the postseason. We're not going into where we're doing a socks on tap talking about next year. Correct. This is a little different. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I want him to be that elite guy. That we saw in the first half. So I'm, a li- I'm a little nervous. I guess I am concerned to an extent. I'm concerned There's that. nothing wrong with being concerned. Yeah, I, I guess I am concerned now that I think about it. I'm concerned with him going into the postseason yeah. and not figuring it out because he's been tagged a few times in, in his current role, which I think that, you know, you bring up something that's important with this. I don't think they've clearly defined what his role is outside of just, you know, is he bullpen A squad, B squad? Where's he going to throw? It's been spotty. And I think the guys have had sort of that problem since Kimbrell came over. There's been a lot of try this, try that. Right. And, and, and what's in the routine that we're used to to make, make us succeed. And and that's something that we have not seen, I think, since Kimbrell's come over as well. Um, I got made fun of, I mean, hardcore on Twitter. And I usually don't get fucked with on Twitter too much. You know, but I did for this take. Because <laughs> I'm, totally, uh, I'm serious. Like, I said that I, I think it's totally fair that Kimbrell has a mental lapse, whether he knows it or not, about pitching in the eighth compared to the ninth. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you got made fun of for that I one did. because I did because people, oh no, he's a Hall of Famer. No, fuck you, dude. I have numbers. So like and, and that's the thing too. <laughs> fuck you, numbers. dude. I have numbers. Right, I do. But that's the thing, Tony. Jesus Christ. Like we don't agree a lot, but dude, you'll agree with me on this. Like when is it okay to use them and not? Like okay, so like, that's why. God, we can't get a sh- go a show without bringing up Alex Colomay. You're not like, wrong. That's why I had the same feeling all last year. I'm like, I'm there's a there's saying- a different. There is a mental thing that comes with. I'm the closer. And I'm here to stop you from scoring three runs because that's your objective and that's what you're going out there to do. Versus, I'm trying to hold the lead and. We still have two innings of baseball to play, and then I've got to go sit in the dugout instead of celebrating with my team because I live off that fucking adrenaline rush. There is a difference right there. And I'm not saying you're wrong, because you're not. And and Alex Colomay or not, whoever was the closer, it could be a Chapman, it could be, you know, fuck. I, I mean, fuck. It could be Mariano Rivera. I don't give a fuck. But this thing with Kimbrel is real. And I feel like, again, back to your point about Kopech and tying it all in together, I really do feel like your role or what's expected of you can really play a part in your mindset and your psyche and how you perform out there. And I think it's ignorant not to say otherwise. I really do. I think it's ignorant because you don't know what other people are thinking or feeling, dude. You don't know. Well, it's that, you know, I'll go back to the same argument. I want Eloy Jimenez to be a DH. Me too. Eloy Eloy Jimenez says all the time, I play better when I'm in the field. Well, it affects the way that I motherfucker. Cause it, you killed yourself 90 times already. Well, again, so I'll go back to this. Here's the argument for Eloy Jimenez playing left field. It's like, okay, so what's, what do you get here? If he's really that hell bent on playing left field, don't you think a pitcher feels the same way about their role and how they're used? That should, that's a great article over at on tabsportsnet.com. I'll tell you that. You know, because if, 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 you know, Yasmani Grandal talked about it in the post game show today. They asked him, they said, you know, what's it like to play first base? 
And he's and he said, I, I, I like it better than DH and plus it gives Jose a day off. I can still be involved in the game. I've got this going on. Like, OK, so there's a mental side of baseball that a professional major leaguer is talking about. And it's been brought up numerous times. But we still continue to have this argument on Twitter every day over whether or not a guy can pitch in the ninth inning or should he be able to pitch in the eighth. And all the other stuff gets glossed over because it's not. Yeah, it's not the the hot topic towards uh, you know Alex Calame versus uh, Liam Hendricks and where the stats justify whatever it is. That's, yeah, I mean, that's my I, case. again, no, in your case is fair, and I, I I can't believe a lot of people who are going to be listening to this cannot believe we're actually going to agree to this extent that we are. But yes, please tell me how that other person is feeling while you're looking up stats on fucking fan graphs or Baseball Reference. I'm sorry, it's it, the case is fucking. Point blank, plain and simple, dude. Guys struggle in uncomfortable situations, whether you want to admit it or not. It, it is what it is. I wouldn't in my everyday job. You would in your everyday job. Mm-hmm. These athletes would in their in their jobs, which is to put the bat on the ball or perform in the field. It is what it is. And, and that's why you need to come to a manager who can put these guys in the best uh, situation to succeed. And I just don't think Tony has a grasp on the bullpen yet. I think he's getting there. I don't think he's mismanaged it. I just don't think it's been working because he's- I, I'll put it, I'll put, I'll go one further here. I don't think that when you put Liam Hendricks, Michael Kopech and uh, Craig Kimbrell at the back end of a bullpen, there's many managers in baseball who are going to be all over it and figure it out right away. That's an immense amount of talent at the back end of a bullpen. That's and what I'm, I'm going to say, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, defend Tony here. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Just you could, but it has nothing to do with that. No, it has nothing to do with that. I'm thinking just in baseball, just in general, when you have an overload of talent at one specific area, that's a roster construction thing. Was the trade for Kimbrel good? Yes, I still, I still love. I still support it. I still love it. Did it cause maybe some shakeup in how these guys are acting about how they go about their business? Probably. The only thing I'd like to see TLR do different is put Liam, who has come out publicly, right? Mm-hmm. I'll pitch seventh, eighth, whatever. I don't give a yeah. fuck. I want them outs. That's all he said, you know? And then if this, if Kimbrel is more comfortable in the ninth, okay. Well, we just had Liam Hendricks, the guy that we just paid all this money to. We. Jerry, um, you know, paid through us, through us, (laughs) Jerry, through us, we paid for him, right? Paid all this money to if he's comfortable, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever, getting the shit set up for this other dude to come in and lock it down. You know why? Because he wants to win. I'm cool with that. Somebody dropped a a really like deep conspiracy on this, and I'm I'm, I do not remember who it was, so there's not going to be any credit given here. But uh, if you find it on after listening to the show, but somebody gave uh, a take on why that is. And it's because the White Sox marketing department spent a bunch of money putting a cool intro show with the lights for Liam Hendricks's entrance in the ninth, and it doesn't play as well in the seventh or eighth. So Tony LaRusso is under instruction from Jerry and uh, Brooks Boyer that we're only using Liam to close in the ninth because we want to get our return on investment for the video we spend all this money on. I wouldn't be shocked by that because I'm sure Brooks Boyer and Jerry, if they're in cahoots together, they realize that second fiddle is always the best, right? Um, not tr- Isn't that fantastic? 
I think it is. I, I, I think, think that's fantastic. I think it is. I'll talk shit about both of them. I mean, hey, I'm excited about the Bulls. I'm excited about the Sox. They finally got some stuff going. Hey, All let's co- let's collab. We can get on Tap Sportsnet to get a nice video intro for uh, for Craig Kimbrell together for the playoffs. How about sure. that? We'll make one for free on Canva. Yeah, <laughs> love it. You know, I mean, fuck. I mean, it, it's just idiotic. Um, you know, that would be as Johnny would say. That's so White Sox. It is so fucking White Sox. I mean, it's a great conspiracy theory to have. And if they're right, I you know, you know what's the worst about it is I would not put that past it not to be right. Is I that, wouldn't either. Is that like I, I I wouldn't either. Is that bad? I, I just I feel like it's bad. I mean, yes, it's it's terrible. Yeah. But the, the economic impacts and the reasonings behind it, I feel like are like so dead on. You know, like there's there's no dollar dogs and we, we have to close Liam Hendricks this year. Like those are you know, the White Sox front office staff walks in every day and they're they're meeting with Tony LaRusa and the player staff and they say, Listen, I know it's a home game. You're not using Craig in the ninth if you, because we want the fans to get to experience those lights. Listen, Tony, if you don't fucking close Liam Hendricks, it's not gonna be your age that puts you in the grave. Okay. Jerry's gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at. That's where we're at with this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the uh Socks on tap conspiracy theories. Tinfoil hat, baby. Tinfoil hat time. Yeah. Uh, Buzz, I don't have much else. It's great talking about winning baseball. It's great talking about White Sox conspiracy theories. Yeah. Going to need another beer here soon. Me too, man. What else you got? You got anything else? No. uh, If I have anything else, it's, you know, I'm glad the Sox are kicking ass. I'm glad that we're 85 and 64, 21 games above 500, uh, rolling into the postseason and uh, back to back. Playoff appearances are cool and tough. I do, again, want to thank everybody. I, I just, I, you have to forgive me. There's so many people I saw today that listened to the Sox show, which I, I'm totally fucking flabbergasted by. Um, at the Bears tailgate, I I just got really drunk, and I don't remember your names, and I apologize. Don't remember my name either. I think it's Brad. That's my real name. Uh, we call me Buzz because I'm always Buzz, so there's a secret that I got to tell you about me. There you um, go. But yes, but yeah, I absolutely had a great time. I'm glad the Sox got the W, and I hope we roll into this series against Detroit. And we treat them like shit because Detroit. Yeah, I'll tell you what, dude. Detroit's on the up and up, uh, and you know we're. I hope we go out there and we kick their ass. But that's basically all I have to end the show. Yeah, last things. Sox heading off to Detroit Magic number four. Cleveland will be playing a doubleheader tomorrow. Sox yeah. take on Detroit. Chance to bring it down to one tomorrow uh, if uh, Cleveland does the uh, does the job there. But we're going to be popping bottles this week, Buzz. Hopefully we get to uh, get the crew together uh, this week and celebrate a division uh, win. Yeah. Can we talk about something really cool? Yeah. The game starts at 540, and you know I love that. Oh, I'm sure you do because you'll be wide awake at the end of it. Bruh. Wide awake. Wide you'll still be awake. you'll still be wide awake at the end of it. And, it's the, yeah. it's the most anti Tony and Johnny kind of game. Five forty. Yeah. But it, it is the motherfucking plus buzz game because I know when I get home, I get home right away, dude. I I make some dinner, I eat real quick, I crack open a beer, hashtag crack them, and then the game just starts immediately. And then by like eight thirty nine o'clock, it's over, Tone, and we're doing the socks on tap. I hope this one goes to extras. Why would you say that? We didn't fight the whole fucking episode. We did not I, I, I wanted to, no, I wanted to we close it no, down. We did not fight the whole episode. That was for Steve. <laughs> okay, well, fuck you, Steve. <laughs> you stupid Texas son of a bitch. He didn't or, text me. He's on a plane. He's 
oh. 30, 40,000 feet in the air right now. Yeah, Mile High Club. Good for him. <laughs> he'll uh, he'll listen to this one if he if he gets through fifty one minutes and finally gets to hear the fight. No, uh, I I hope it doesn't go to extras. I hope we just get a good show out tomorrow and talk about a White Sox victory and maybe two Cleveland losses. You're a dick. <laughs> hey, got to I've got to take one jab. I get it. I get it. I've pick, got to take one. Pick the click, you son of a bitch. Gavin Sheets. Okay, of course. Of course. Oh, big oh. shocker. Big shocker. I'm Big going shocker. GA. I'm, I'm, actually, GA is not going to play tomorrow. Uh, well, he I'm, said he's going to try to. Yeah, he said he's going to tell Tony that he's, he's going to be in the lineup. He's not. Cesar. I'm going Cesar Hernandez. He needs He needs some help. Oh, I'm trying to give him my pick to click Juju. Yeah, then, give him then, some Give him some Juju. Go, find his, hor- go find his horoscope and tweet that one out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me. See, you're doing it again. You're, doing it, <laughs> you're fucking doing it again. Here we go. All right, this man. Fucking guy. We have a great episode, and he starts making fucking fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. I just you want did. to know what it is so I know whether or not you're going to be right. Well, I'm going to fucking read it in a minute. You, you, <laughs> you jerk. He was born on May 23rd, 1990. I knew you were going to fall in this trap. I And I did immediately, and I blame you for it because you, you made him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I you make me so sad sometimes. I love recording with you. You're my favorite person to record with, and then you make fun of me. And it's ugh. I wasn't making fun of you. I wanted. I what genuinely you wanted to know. I genuinely wanted to know. Are you lying to me? Or are you? No, I'm not. I'm, I genuinely wanted to know because you did with this with Zach Collins before. Yeah, that didn't work out. So I'm a little. I'm a. That's little why I'm working to try and up that up that average. <laughs> it was bad when we did the Zach Collins one because mm-hmm. I, I had these good things in his future. So there's a lot of action happening. For uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. So oh give boy, me, give me a second, please. There's a lot of action happening for Cesar Hernandez. His moon is actually in Jupiter. Uh, it moves into Pisces, so he is supposed to really have a good month, and that really has not happened for him. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> basically since he he got here, but he's supposed to have a good month, and if he believes in himself, and he keeps pursuing his dreams which i'm pretty sure he's living he is going uh to succeed that's so great to, yeah so tomorrow, that has that actually has some good good did, did, did you feel good about it i feel good about it maybe yeah. cesar hernandez is gonna come through here at some point i think this uh, word, I, I love horoscopes it's, it's pissing me off because i think it's full of shit now there cesar you go hernandez, he's been really cesar bad. hernandez is not living up to his uh his astronomy Right there, whatever you call that. I think it's astrology. Astrology. Is it astronomy or bot? Wait. No, astronomy is like looking at space. Are you sure? I think so. What's the one where you look at body? Like biology. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Science on tap. Here we go. <laughs> We're off the rails. White Tony, Sox. White Tony Sox. Nye, the science guy. Yeah, yeah Tony yeah, Nye, know. the science guy. That's this is fantastic, Buzz. Thanks for a good Sunday fun day. Uh, Let's close it down how we always do. (laughs) Everybody, be sure to check out Bill Nye. I'm sorry. Everybody, be sure to check it out on tapsportsnet.com for other Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and on Tap Sportsnet. Follow Tone at TonyOnTap, me at BuzzOnTap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, listen to us, five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Check out Grandstand. Any White Sox gear you need, walk over to Grandstand if you're at the ballpark can't make it over there go to grandstandsocks.com and follow them on socials at grandstand socks we'll be back tomorrow after the white Sox beat the crap out of detroit white Sox forever white Sox forever